Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the Detroit is Different studios. And this one is some more ear candy for you. A brand new podcast where I'm talking about hip hop and business. Dollar out of 15. Dollar out of 15 cents is how you focus on turning the lessons learned from hip hop into business lessons that you can take. I'm going to explore the catalogs and the careers of many of the hip hop people that have inspired my whole life. We're going to talk about how their music and how they've moved from music onto different entrepreneurial ventures all kind of came together from lyrics and how scripting rap songs is a whole lot like scripting businesses. As I grow my creative differences marketing business into more and more and more. Hip hop is still the engine that keeps me going. And I take that hip hop approach of improvisation, attitude, and also tenacity right into anything I do with business. Basically creating something from nothing is my whole vision and focus with everything that I do. And I know that's so hip hop as hip hop was built out of creating music from records and little, little music acumen and turning it into something that is the biggest brand across the world for not just music, but also marketing and advertising agendas. This podcast is going to be co-hosted and anchored by one of my closest friends when it comes to coming up with content, a great writer, a poet, and a creative himself. Morgan, how you feeling? I'm doing wonderful, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much, Mr. Frazier. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So this is how it works out. Morgan, because he's a heck of a writer and uh, really should get into more journalism, but he more so moves his pen creatively how he feels to move his pen. That's why you're in store for something very special with this. And he's moving his pen for these questions. A hip-hop fan, a poet, and somebody that... Um, is coming to hip hop and, and um, I guess later generations. So his interpretation of some of these songs, he's being introduced to some of these records. Mm -hmm. So um, things that have been my standards that I've been listening to 20, 30 years are something that he's just not getting introduced to sometimes. And then sometimes he's probably listening to it thinking like, ah, this old head stuff, <laughs> but old head stuff is what this podcast is about so um let's get into this first artist the first artist we're talking about is ice cube ice cube made his debut into the world when i think about it um in the mid 80s it was with nwa as the writer for nwa and then just like a fierce lyricist uh, an attack style flow it was a, a different impression that he always had to the microphone and his career in music Throughout the 90s, uh, he painted a lot of different pictures. Um, his first album was a blend of East Coast music and West Coast music as he worked with the Public Enemies Bomb Squad to create America's Most Wanted. And then from there on, it continued to carry on to make different hit albums like Death Certificate, also Predator. I mean, Ice Cube is a legend. We're going to talk a little bit about Ice Cube today. I'm handing you off the reins for the questions, and I'm going to tell you how Ice Cube's music is also an inspiration to business. All right, let's start with Ice Cube as a whole. Overall, mm -hmm. what is it about him that makes him an 
ideal MC to study? What can a person who's learning business gain from reviewing his catalog? All right, first off, Ice Cube's story is kind of like likened to like LL Cool J's story in the sense of hmm. both of them were so young when they started getting any exposure. Ice Cube began with a group called CIA, which CIA was a whole lot more like a West Coast version of the Beastie Boys. Um, I actually have some of that CIA music because I'm such a hip hop nerd, especially for anything Ice Cube. And it transitioned over to NWA and what's been labeled as gangster rap. So being one of the youngest people into a group, I think that that already takes a level of courage and confidence. Uh, in business, you definitely need courage and confidence because you're you're talking into life and existence ideas that are not real. And most of these times that you're talking these things that are not real into existence, you're around people that only know and see what has been done. So even as you present business, people say, is it going to be kind of like the way that person does business? And then it's like, nah, 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 nah. I want to do business like how I'm going to do business. And then you're talking about something that's so conceptual that it's hard to be understood. When you're the youngest rapper in a group of guys that are gangster rappers, I can only imagine that what that was like. And that type of confidence to, to take the lead and take charge. Even those guys were young. So you, you think about NWA, MC Ren, Eazy-E, Dr. Dre, and Yella. Those are all young guys. But when you're 16 and everybody else is like 18, 19 years old, that is a world of difference. That's basically, you know, in in high school years, you look at it like I'm a freshman and that person's a senior. And mm -hmm. as the freshman, he was the person orchestrating the the way the songs will be put together. As Dr. Dre made a lot of the music. Right. Ice Cube was the person that wrote all of the songs. So I think as a business person, you, you need to say, don't be limited to feel confined and being shy when you need to speak up and to do things and charge yourself to be creative, charge it to yourself to, to do things that are outside of what people think fits the mold of where you're supposed to be. Cause ice cube easily could have just sat back and played a back role. But if anything, along with easy, -E, the biggest voice from NWA, when we think about it is and was ice cube. What about, you mentioned um, N.W.A. What about mm -hmm. his later years? What can we learn about that specifically? Oh, man. So much from Ice Cube and the way he's approached business um, as it all shifted from great ideas. So his impact in the group N.W.A. led to John Singleton at the time, a, a young uh, USC graduate directing his first film, which was Boys in the Hood. And he wanted Ice Cube to be in the movie, all inspired by the way that his music was. And this is completely unprecedented. At the time, when we think about the release of Boys in the Hood, hip hop was still so young and not even accepted in popular culture the way it is today. But even black culture wasn't really accepting of hip hop. That is so true. to look at saying, Hey, I'm about to take this rapper and put him in the movie. And then on that set of boys in the hood, John Singleton pulled ice cube to the side and said, Hey man, you, you know, you really could get into directing and be more in the film, you know, and, and ice cube even talks about it today. He says, he sees how, 
how much more money were uh, was being uh, given and, and distributed and the different revenue streams connected to movies. And since then, he, he moved his interest towards that world. And I would argue of today as a, a black business person in that Hollywood realm, Ice Cube is a powerhouse, yep. you know, uh, rivaling maybe a Tyler Perry, but a powerhouse at what he's doing in production and in directing and in writing. Um, he saw a new, a new opportunity present itself. And he also saw how his new opportunity related directly to hip hop too. And he explored that. So he leveraged what he had and expanded upon it to create something new and an access point where he could work with more people, uh, get more money, uh, make, new ventures and stay creative all within that same realm of being that character ice cube. Cause even to this day, he's ice cube. Most times people are not saying O'Shea Jackson. That's when true. they think about him, he's still ice cube. So you're still the character you created from, uh, hanging out with your older brother's girlfriend. He was named that because they were like, man, you, you so cool. You don't even respond. You like an ice cube. So this is huh. a moniker he was given at, as a, not even as like a teenager, like almost like at 12. And that moniker sticks with you as you're pulling off multi-million dollar movie deals. That's so hip hop, you know, and you can learn that in business because you can basically continue to remain yourself and not lose yourself as you're chasing those bigger multi-million dollar business deals. As it's been a lot of rappers that enter the movie world and say, okay, let me not be this character name let me let me drop what i was doing as a rapper and then just in regular business sometimes people turn their backs on what they were doing and uh different things that they feel like they can no longer do just because they're a part of business but that takes away a whole lot of the sincerity of what they brought to the table that led them to the business in the first place hmm. that is really profound i must say you did mention movies before, and that's actually a very good segue for the first song that we uh -huh. wanted to do, which is um, d the song Down For Whatever. <laughs> okay. It's just because I do know that that song was actually featured in the movie Office Space. You did True. mention power moves and making moves and getting your song in that, so in that movie soundtrack definitely um expose ice cube to a different audience i would assume true true you know um okay i remember when down for whatever came out like first off the the whole flow of it the pace was so different so you know it's like damn i'm such a g it's pathetic here comes the big headed like it it's uh he's finding a rhythm in the beat where it's not that rapid place flow that a lot of people sometimes know that Ice Cube can be very like attack driven. He's mm -hmm. a like a, a menacing character almost on on songs. When we think about like you know uh, Jacket for Beats or uh, the disc record against N.W.A. No Vaseline, yep. but on Down for Whatever, he becomes like a, a cooler character and lays in the pocket of the beat at at a point where it threw everybody off. But laying in the pocket of the beat like that it's so easy to remember the lyrics to that song. So the, the technique at which he rapped that song and remembering the lyrics go hand in hand, almost to, to today's style of rapping. 
mm-hmm. the the more like Playboy Cardi, Twenty One Savage, Post Malone, like this whole style of like slowing it up, where people can catch up to it and, and like slurring it, but a lot more technique lyrically uh, and skill than some of the guys use now is on a song called Down for Whatever. When I, I remember when I first listened to this song recently, um, I didn't even know it was Ice Cube at first. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought, um, wait a minute, are you sh- are you really sure this is him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I it's it almost sounded a little bit like Snoop Dogg to me. Yep. And this is and people could say like it was influenced by like the Snoop flow because at that point in time Snoop was there. Um uh, I believe it was like his own take on it, mm-hmm. you know, but his take on it because Snoop was also a very, um, you know, um, like cool, smooth character always in rap, but the down for whatever still had the edge of it. You know, it still had the ice cube edge. Even the storytelling of it all is so vivid. It's, it's, it's still conceptual, but it's still vivid storytelling. That is true. I mean, he does, even though it's a different flow, Ice Cube still kind of makes it his own Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, yeah. Specifically uh, regarding the lyrics, though, we wanted to look at the second verse of the song. Okay. Where um, Ice Cube is sharing memories of um, the older men in his life. Yeah. So that song actually has, discusses how older men and younger men look at money. Yeah. So how is it that, you know, young men look at money and how is it that old men look at money? Well, it's it's the combination. Like, you got to grow up. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my PJs. He in the turtleneck sweater and we down for whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? As he talks about his uncle, you know, it, it, it's vivid. I, I believe that it kind of touches on the way that they're looking at approaching life and especially approaching business and making money because this is more so from a hustler's perspective of making money. True. Um, so... Uh, a a younger man looks at money and time differently. Well, looks at money so much differently, I believe, because they see time differently. Because time is not seen as the same asset or resource just due to less living. Uh, And an older man looks at it, especially like an older man that's still like around hustles, you know, they've seen certain things where it, it, it's paying more of a keen sense towards uh, the the risk involved in the opportunity of whatever is presented in front of them. Right. Um, so I believe that when we think of the lyrics connected to down for whatever, like the second verse, you know, um, it, it's 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 painting the picture of saying to whoever the listener is that like whatever may need to happen we're going to be a collective unit so we may not necessarily see eye to eye about how to approach whatever it is that we hustling towards but we're gonna get on the same page and when we get on the same page we're gonna accomplish whatever goal we need to accomplish so the lesson out of this more so is that you can approach things differently but you can have the same end game goal. And along the way, as long as the end game goal is focused upon, you're going to reach that hmm. goal. 
That is that's good. What actually explains like the different viewpoints as far as because you mentioned the way in which, you know, younger men or young black men specifically look at money and time is different just due to, you know, a lack of living. Mm-hmm. And, you know, older black men look at it differently just because they might still be around, you know, that sort of thing. And they have more life experience. Is there anything else that may contribute, you know, to that, you know, those different viewpoints? No, I, I'm I, nothing. Nothing that stands out um, that I, that I'm thinking. Um, nothing that stands out around. OK, what exactly can um, younger black men learn from older black men and even vice versa? Well, it, it kind of goes back to this second verse. Like, yeah. you know, when I was little, I didn't want to be like Mike. I wanted to be like Ike because Papa was a Rolling Stone. So the 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 concept of looking within your own bloodline to basically see the role models that you need in your life, I think can be inspiring just because if you follow the footsteps of someone in front of you that, you know, you, you're, you have a non-romanticized view of how that person is. Like, That's you know, true. if you just look up to like, for instance, Oprah, or LeBron James, like we, we only know what's seen through media's perception of Oprah or LeBron James. Right. Whereas your uncle and your father, your older brother, these are people that you see their fallacies. You see them at at their strongest and you see them at their weakest points. You see their vulnerabilities, but you still admire them enough to follow in their footsteps. And that is definitely something in business that you need. If you're going to have a mentor in business, you need someone that is not presenting. I believe like the, the fallacy of everything is always perfect because figuring out how to make those decisions when it's the toughest is really where the the strength in business is needed. I mean, when when everybody pays those invoices on time and, and money's in the bank, you know, it's man, you know, that that those are the good times when you're looking at limited resources mm-hmm. and you have to leverage those resources and how to go about that. That's really where you need to have those mentors in place to go about what to do. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, he makes reference to like, you know, kicking everybody out the house. Right. Cause it was time for everybody to go. Like sometimes you need to see a person do that. That's one of those uh, times where hey, rubber done hit the road and you see how this person deals with this situation after they make a strong, firm decision and making that strong, firm decision and, and going about it is really the way that you can set up a mentor to look up to in business that you say, all right, I need to model myself after this person. How do they conduct themselves? What's their rapport? Also, like, what is what are their relationships with people? What's their relationship with me alone that keeps this strong? So I, I really think that that's where that connection comes from. Hmm. Oh, that's really uh, that is very um interesting. You know, and I will say that there are a lot of, you know, young people who may not necessarily have that connection, which is very unfortunate. Well, it it is unfortunate. Like if you don't have those role models and footsteps, especially when it comes to business, it's tough because Mm -hmm. uh, most people are not entrepreneurs. Most people obviously have to work for some other entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Um, You know, is in if you plan on being an entrepreneur, finding someone 
and looking to shadow and learn as much as you can, I would argue is, I would argue that that alone is so valuable that you should be on top of it. Almost to the point where like, you know, people say, I don't want to sweat them. I don't want to be on a jock, be on a jock, sweat them, <laughs> shadow them, learn, learn what type of relationship they have with their banker, how they do accounting, what type of relationship they have with their accountant, how they spend money, how they do budgeting, uh, how they decide who to hire and who not to hire, how they look at expanding their business. And it's more than just one conversation. You really may need to shadow for years to see how it all comes together. I have the competitive advantage of having a father that's an entrepreneur and a grandfather that's an entrepreneur, an uncle that's an entrepreneur. So I've seen them make moves and maneuver my whole life that it it almost like is ingrained and inundated in me like, oh, I can do this because my granddad did do this. You know, um, my grandfather ran a very successful nightclub in Cleveland, Ohio for over 30 years. And every time we would go down to Cleveland to visit him, it would be some form of business like a day where I just follow him and shadow him for business. It would bore me out my mind because I'm 11 years old. Yeah. So it'd be things like we'd spend the whole day and people that were suing him because, you know, they fell on ice in the club or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I would sit in litigation and arbitration for hours with my grandfather and it's like why am i doing this at 11 years old but you're doing that at 11 years old to know that like when i get sued now how to deal with this how to approach this what type of decorum does my grandfather have with his attorney with his different attorneys he has to interact with you know we would sit and we would go interact with different vendors when we meet with vendors i have to sit in his office you know, and then I have to go get the check and then how he would sign the check, giving checks to people like all of these different things, interacting with the staff before it will open up. Like these are all lessons that I'm learning and soaking up at 10, 11, 12 that now give me the courage to do a lot more of the things that I do as it's like, OK, the budget doesn't exist. So where do I get the budget to do this? And then as I start paying people off, how do I go about paying off what needs to be paid off? And then in what order do I pay these people? And how do I set up this system? How do I set up this process? This is all ingrained. So this is me and my PJs and my granddad and his turtleneck sweater and we being down for whatever, because whatever he was saying, I was definitely going to do at that age, you know? Wow. That's yeah. I, you know, I wish I had someone like, well, I mean, I kind of do in the way I'm, you know, sitting across from him. Yeah, man. Every time I try to try to build as I see everything that you're doing in business and then your sister doing more things in business. And then, you know, my, my sister, Mashar, and then even my sister, Dar, like the entrepreneurial spirit keeps churning around. And, and the more that you've seen me do and seeing things go as planned and then succeed and then things go not as planned mm -hmm. and, and on paper i don't even see failure i just look at it like oh, okay this didn't happen but it created these opportunities because that's the entrepreneurial spirit it's seeing what the world would see as failure and saying oh okay all right well through spending that money um i did not get back what i expected in return but now I have this amount of time to apply this, this, and this, and that's what I'm about to do. It, 
you you kind of need to see that to know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Because seriously, when you take, you know, a, a considerable amount of money, whatever that is for any person, because you know, ten dollars is considerable to you know to some people, and ten thousand is pennies to some people. But when you take whatever is a considerable amount of money to you, and you put it in something, and it does not have that type of return, and your whole life you're an employee, your whole family is an employees are employees, and you've never done anything entrepreneurial, it's going to be hard to like just you know deal with that straight up right but yeah but we should you know that's we should probably move on to the next uh song got All just right, a sure. tad sidetrack there yeah yeah all right so the next song we wanted to look at is the uh, what can i do remix uh, <laughs> all day all right so um on the if from me you know just listening to this it sounds like it's telling the story of a young man who's involved in criminal activity you know and the uh, negative aspects of that so Ta-da. how would, yeah how they like me now <laughs> Ta-da. so like <laughs> so all right it definitely is exploring like selling dope or selling yayo yeah. that's what he's referring to mm-hmm. but <laughs> applying this into business it's a lot of lessons learned it kind of goes into like that pitfall thing you know you you go you you're incarcerated and then you you know you serve time in a federal prison or like in the in the urban vernacular you you have your urban vacation oh okay <laughs> You take that stretch, you know, so many different ways, you know, you get flagged up now, you know, you got that felony. So how do you bounce back? What what do you do? What what way do you go about making your decisions as you get back? So the whole story of Tada, how you like me now is basically like I interpret it as saying you took what's what many peers and and a lot of society and people are looking at as a hit you you failed something didn't work out as planned Mm -hmm. so how do you bounce back and that's what this whole song is about in business you definitely need to know this because to to make a plan does not mean that the plan goes as planned you know i i would i would think that many of my best opportunities have been created from when 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 I've lost a considerable amount of money to to me and my business mm-hmm. and then am forced to say okay the value of money or the value of whatever I paid the money for did not be got the return that I expected so what went wrong that really has gotten me back to the woodshed the best so that I can tune up and execute better, you know, and that is really needed. And that's what this song is about. It's basically tuning up, getting to the woodshed and executing. It's like I got caught up on dope charges before. This ain't going to happen again. I am going to get out of prison and I'm about to do this the right way. <laughs> yeah, because he does Um, in the song, it does mention you know, have you ever been convicted of a felony? Yes. He oh, does, yeah. Yeah, he does say One that. My favorite, yeah. Took yeah. some advice from my Uncle Fester. <laughs> All, All dressed up in polyester. polyester. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. May I please help you? Yeah, and then exactly. after that, he's rolling with, you know, Mac 10's character in the song. Yes. You know, committing, you know, some more crimes. Yep, yep. Going about going about street life in a whole different approach. So it's like two things about this song, too. So some of it is... 
some of it is um not just always having a plan. So I, I, I operate better on planning things. I, I like putting stuff on paper. I like conceptualizing it that way. That is true. But no matter what, it's always about spirit and energy, I believe. So in in this, because we're dealing with crime, which is, you know, getting money from ill-gotten gains and all types of things. Like you're you're exploiting the vulnerabilities of society as a criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh the approach wasn't necessarily the plan as much as the attitude, but at, at the root of everything, I think it comes down to attitude, especially in business. So for me, I, I need the numbers to be right. I need, um, I need to conceptualize it. I need to write it out. I need to understand it myself. I need to bounce it off of somebody, generally your mother, Suzanne, <laughs> uh, somebody I respect that understands how I think and how I operate. That's me. That's how I build up my attitude to say, okay, this is real. You know, for other people, it's different things. Other people sometimes need to go on vacation and they think it through. Other people may need to actually go to the space and the place where they want the business to happen and come to life. And then they can really get in that zone. I I don't know what is the correct way, but I do know that it still does come back to attitude because the attitude is that energy that brings other people to the table. Cause they see that attitude and they're like, damn, what, so what's going on with this? How did you, how did you figure it out? Like, like, what are you, what are you doing? I want to be a part of that. I'm connecting to the energy, I'm not connecting to a plan. Plans are cool, but I need it to be told to me. I need to touch it. I want to interact. The human element is what's going to bring the success to whatever that business is. So in Tadao, the human element was like, yo, I'm straight up a gangster as today's people would say like i guess a savage a goon whatever <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying so right. i am about that life as that phrase comes no, okay yep that's so the other i'm one. living in it and i am embodying it and that is my aura and my spirit so taking that commitment to that attitude led to a successful run and like i say uh exploiting the vulnerabilities of society as a criminal that is that same attitude that's needed in business you have to have that attitude that spirit that brings that other energy like look i don't even necessarily know what they doing but that attitude is something that i want to be a part of so how do i be a part of your business there you go in the uh, early part of the song ice cube's uh character does mention going to missouri um to Mm -hmm. sell to sell drugs like a different area from where he's from we often hear the phrase, or at least I hear, location, location, location is one of the most important things is mentioned in business. Mm-hmm. Why does location matter, or does it really matter as much as people say that it does? Um, I believe it does. Mm-hmm. I believe it does. Now, I believe anything can work anywhere depending upon a couple different things. One, you have to define what work is. Like You have to define what your barometer for success is. Okay. Is going to be. So having a location that matches what your barometer of success, because that's a variable in business, is I would say that is a logical thing to do. But as I said, it, business deals with transactions with human beings. And oftentimes, as human beings, we don't respond to things logically. You know? That's true. You know? So. So the 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 science of location kind of goes back to the that energy, that spirit, you know, uh, 
the more nowadays it's experiential, but it may have always been experiential. So a location kind of has a spirit. Different people look at different neighborhoods. People look at homes. People look at places and, and get an energy and a vibe. But that energy and the vibe that they're getting has a whole lot to do with the other people that are there in and around it. So if you can bring that energy and vibe and spirit that probably is most attracted to whatever that product or service that you're offering, then you may be able to operate, you know, maybe you'll be able to operate anywhere. You know, there is a world-class Italian restaurant in Highland Park, you know, and okay. it's still world-class, you know, and Highland Park from what it's experienced over the years has definitely seen better days. Oh yeah. I, I know what you mean. You know, so it it has a whole lot to do more so with that spirit and that attitude and how you capture it and taking taking control of what those variables are, recognizing all those variables and exploiting what you can from it. That's, you know, that's the knack. That's the know how that's the gut. That's doing business. Mm -hmm. Ice Cube also mentions well, his character in the song, rather, also mentions having his own crew or getting mm -hmm. a new crew. You know, we as humans, you know, we're social animals and we yeah. tend to have groups that we collaborate with. Uh -huh. So how can the company you keep impact your business positively and how can it impact your business negatively? Well, straight up, the toughest thing in business is building the team. That is going to be the toughest thing in business. And it's so tough because, like I say, you have this vision as an entrepreneur and conveying that to others to even buy whatever the product and service is, is very difficult. True. Let alone bringing aboard somebody to carry on whatever that mission and build it with that ethic can be dauntingly impossible, whether it truly is or whether it's just a figment of your imagination. So it's challenging. Having the right team is very difficult and, and building that right team. And then just knowing people, um, knowing people's abilities, uh, knowing people's interests, knowing people's commitment to things. This, this is all the, the, the X factor in most businesses. If you talk to most business people, the number one thing they'll say is like, we need good people. And if they have good people, they will praise them, praise them, praise them, praise them. What are some, uh, just to, you know, ask you specifically about, you know, your business, if you're willing to share, yeah. you know, what are some things that you think makes for a, a good team member? Well, understanding uh, it, it's any relationship, it's human relationships. So communication, you, you come in with the concept of what this business is and then you get in the guts of it and it's a, it's a whole newfound experience. So what I found is, you know, the logic of what's in my head ain't necessarily always conveyed to everybody. A B um, what's in other people's head sometimes is not as easily conveyed to me. So communication and getting on the same accord is always the, the toughest thing, especially when we're talking about uh, the people and delivering that product or service to other people, because not only is this a, a relationship, it's a, it's a relationship with multiple layers involving many, many more people because you have the person you're working with and you have whoever the person that is, um, that, that wants to work. So it's, it's, it's getting on the same page with multiple parties that 
that is that is luck at sometimes, and at sometimes it's just chaotic. We're going to head in a little bit of a more controversial direction because the next song that we, we should look which at is actually, which yeah. actually, I think, I think we're going to kill. I think we're going to kill. I, I, I like, I like where we at right now, but we, I like where we at now. I don't know if you have any, um, any other, any other questions or, or, or comments or anything else. I, I'd rather let, let it rock at like 30 minutes right now. Okay. That is fine. We can do that now. All right, so I like this podcast. Hopefully, people keep listening. Next up, we have a conversation about Rakim's music, and then after that, we'll be doing Run DMC's music, and there'll be many, many more. I, I love a lot of the '90s hip hop and '80s hip hop. We make it into some of these newer artists. Uh, some of them, I, I'm just not following the same way, but <laughs> we may explore it. I, I don't think that we're gonna get a, you know, a, a riff raff. <laughs> Listen to business, but you never know, man. You never know. Dollar out of 15. Hopefully, you making dollars. Hopefully, you found this helpful. Detroit is different.com. Thank you. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.